This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. PAP and NTM are two rare lung conditions with different pathologies. PAP is an autoimmune condition, while NTM is caused by a bacterial infection. Savara Pharmaceuticals is developing an inhaled therapeutic it thinks can treat each of these two different conditions. We spoke to Rob Neville, co-founder and CEO of Savara, about the company, its lead therapeutic, Molgridex, and what a recent grant from the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation will mean to advancing another candidate in its pipeline. Rob, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to talk about Savara, its late-stage pipeline targeting rare diseases, and the challenges of developing in-health therapeutics to treat them. Let's start with Savara itself. For people not familiar with the company, can you provide a brief overview of its history and its focus? Absolutely. Glad to. And just before I do that, I will be making some forward-looking statements and therefore refer your listeners to our filings with the SEC. So Savara was originally founded in 2007 in Kansas, and then in 2008 it was refounded by myself and a few of my colleagues, Tammany, Chris, and John. Uh, we moved the company to Austin, Texas. Our initial focus and, and the focus for the following five years was the Aerovanc product, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, later on. This is a dry powder and held form of vancomycin for MRSA and cystic fibrosis. Um, uh, we didn't want to be a single com uh, product company, so in 2016, we acquired a company called Surrendex Pharmaceuticals, and they were publicly listed on the Oslo Stock Exchange. And in, with that acquisition, we, um, we got our lead product called Mulgridex, um, which we're now developing for both PAP and NTM. Um, uh, following that, so fast forwarding to this year, in April 2017, we acquired Moss Therapeutics. At the time, they were listed on the New York Stock Exchange, and that acquisition provided us access to another program called Aeronite, an inhaled therapy for heart failure, as well as access to the public market. So two acquisitions done pretty much back-to-back. -back. Um, prior to um, uh, our um, uh, public listing, uh, we raised $50 million, um, during our private years from non-institutional investors. Since being public, we've now raised $100 million in two financing, um, largely from well-known biotech investors. As a company, our focus is blindly on orphan lung diseases, now with multiple late-stage assets. So your lead therapeutic is in development for two different indications. Let's start with the first, PAP. What is it? How rare is it? How does the disease manifest itself? And what treatment options exist today? Sure, yeah. It's actually um, an ultra-orphan lung disease, and uh, most people we talk to have not 
wrote about it, it affects about 2,500 patients in the U.S. with similar prevalence worldwide. Um, it's characterized by the buildup of lung surfactant um, in, uh, in the alveoli. And uh, as, as you probably know, surfactant is a normal component in the lungs, small quantities necessary for gas exchange. Um, but in PAP patients, there's a defect in the clearance of surfactant that leads to an excess accumulation of surfactant in the alveoli. Um, this surfactant then gradually starts to block the transfer of oxygen in the blood and results in shortness of breath, decreased exercise tolerance, um, and in the long term, uh, it can lead to serious complications, including lung fibrosis and the need for lung transplant. Um, currently, the standard uh, treatment option is to remove the surfactant via whole lung lavage, which is a tedious procedure conducted in the operating room under general anesthesia where the lungs are rinsed repeatedly with large volumes of saline one lung at a time. So as you can imagine, it's a, um, it's a process or procedure that patients and physicians do not um, enjoy. Um, there's a high clinical need to have an effective medic, medic, medical treatment that could reduce or perhaps even completely eliminate, eliminate the need for whole lung lavages. The root cause of the disease is an autoimmune response against a naturally occurring protein in the body um, called GMCSF. Now, GMCSF binds to macrophages, and through that, it clears the excess surfactant in healthy lungs. Um, so it makes logical sense, um, since GMCSF is impaired, for us to deliver additional GMCSF to the lung um, to overwhelm the order antibodies, allow it to bind to the macrophages, and reinitiate the recycling of surfactant, which is exactly what we're doing with our Mobidex product. It's it's a proprietary nebulized formulation of a recumbent human GMCSF. Well, it's also a development for NTM. What is NTM? How rare is that? How does that disease manifest itself? And, and what treatment options exist? Sure. So, so just, just uh, for clarity, the um, PAP indication is further advanced. So that's in phase three. In fact, we're almost done with enrollments on the phase three. In NTM, we're about to initiate a phase two. Um, NTM stands for non-tuberculosis microbacterium. Um, it's, this is a rare and serious lung disorder um, associated with increased rates of morbidity and mortality. Um, an NTM infection happens when individuals inhale the organism from the environment, um, and if not adequately treated, the infection becomes chronic and develops into a slow and progressive lung disease. Um, the infections caused by NTM are con a considerable therapeutic challenge um, because these these uh, bacteria um, are able to evade the normal killing mechanisms of the alveolar macrophages. Um, uh, in fact, TB is, is very similar to NTM in that regard. They're able to coexist and function nicely within the macrophages. Um, so, so NTM are able to survive and multiply inside the macrophages, um, and as a result, there's a chronic infection, um, and, and, and it also makes them less susceptible to antibiotics because they're within the macrophage. There's about 50,000 or, or more individuals affected with NTM. And the most, uh, the most common species is called um, uh, Microbacterium avium complex or MAC. And there's a more problematic species um, called Microbacterium abscessus complex, um, also known as M abscessus. Um, uh, so, so pulmonary NTM infection is a, is, is a real difficult problem to treat. Um, it's a, it requires long um, regimens of multi-drug um, antibiotic um, uh, regimens um, with significant burden to the patient's toxicity 
and um, frequent failure of achieving eradication. So over the, the last decade or so, there's been very few advances in NTM treatment. Um, the most promising advancement was a recent phase three study conducted by INSMED where they um, delivered an held form of amikacin and it did show um, and, and was effective in, a, in about one third of treatment refractory patients affected with MAC. Um, so um, as much as that's promising, there's still a huge need um, in, in patients, especially for an obsessist, the more problematic species of NTM. Now, as far as Savara and why Molgrodex, there is increasing scientific literature suggesting that uh, GMCSF plays an important role in enhancing the ability of macrophages to clear microbacteria. Um, so GMCSF is not an antibiotic, it's an immunostimulant, and so it targets the human immune response, not the bacteria directly, avoiding the uh, increasing problem of antibiotic resistance and also the toxicities associated with um, these difficult um, antibiotic regimens. In animal studies, GMCSF has been shown to kill NTM um, in about the same uh, level uh, as normal NTM antibiotics, but with the simultaneous use of GMCSF and antibiotics, um, it may further improve antibacterial effect. Um, but even more important than, than, than the scientific uh, literature, um, in some very recent unpublished clinical case reports in CF patients, inhaled GMCSF was shown to either eradicate or dramatically reduce the bacterial burden of patients with M. abscessus, and which has given us the courage and the excitement to move forward into um, a, an open-label phase two study. Well, what do we know to date about the studies you've done? Um, so, uh, so as far as PATH, let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about NTM as far as what's happened. So, in, in PATH, uh, uh, an, an injectable form of GMCSF has, has been available. It's called Leukine. Um, it's used as an immunostimulant after cancer chemotherapy. So, GMCSF has been available, um, and the mechanism of disease of PATH is so well known that it was logical physicians to take the off-label GMCSF and administer that via nebulization in PAP patients. And this has been done in a number of academically sponsored studies and um, published open-label studies. And, um, and in, in, in these studies, it's shown to produce very promising clinical improvements in the majority of patients in about three to six months of treatment. Um, in fact, in, uh, based on the published case studies, some of the patients have experienced a remarkable improvement um, with uh, previously surfactant congested lungs clearing out almost completely in the CT scans. And so um, this uh, off-label use set a strong foundation for our program. Um, however, there is no inhaled form of GMCSF, which is exactly what we're doing. Um, so based on the, on, the, uh, on the literature, as well as our successful 42-patient phase one study, we moved directly into a 90-patient pivotal phase three study um, that we're calling the Impala study. And that study continues to enroll um, we're over 70% enrolled in, in the, of the 90 patients um, with top-line results of that study expected um, um, about this time next year. So your, your question was, what do we know about the clinical study? That was in PAC, so we have a phase three pivotal study underway. Um, and uh, in NTM, um, because of the strong scientific rationale that we mentioned earlier, along with these uh, promising case reports um, in these CF patients, um, uh, we uh, we were motivated to pursue a phase two study. So we're preparing that now. It's a 30-patient open-label phase two study um, using inhaled Molgrodex 
We expect to begin enrollment of that early next year. The, the primary endpoint of that study will be sputum culture conversion to negative, and we'll also be measuring a number of key secondary endpoints, including microbiological and functional endpoints. Um, and uh, even you know, this is a this is an open label study. The results of that will inform us on how to plan a well controlled phase two B study, and with adequate design and endpoints and sample size to qualify as supportive um, study in an NDA filing. Uh, we do believe, though, um, that um, uh, the product will have the potential to consider to receive um, F uh, FDA breakthrough therapy designation upon um, this um, this open label study. Um, and uh, we also, uh, given that it's an open label study, we have the option to publish interim results as, as the study progresses, and which we may do. We've not yet exactly decided on um, on uh, on when and how we'll be doing that. Are are there specific challenges to formulating a biologic as an inhaled therapy? Um, that's a really good question, actually. I, I don't know why I've not asked that more, more often. Um, from an aerosol performance standpoint um, and delivery standpoint, the development of inhaled biologic is no more difficult than that of a small molecule. Um, however, manufacturing the active drug substance um, is, is more challenging for, for proteins and biologics than it is for small molecules. And, and given that you're dealing with someone whose lungs are in a state of disease, does that complicate delivery? Um, not at all, no. What makes this a, a particularly attractive way to, to deliver the, the drug for lung disease? So, so very, very simply, inhalation allows targeted delivery of high concentrations of medications directly to the intended site of activity, which increases its efficacy with minimal systemic absorption and toxicity or side effects elsewhere in the body. Last month, Savara announced the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Therapeutics awarded it up to $5 million to support development of Arabank. This is a, the inhaled form of the antibiotic vancomycin for the treatment of drug-resistant infections in cystic fibrosis patients. How big a problem is that? So most infections are very difficult to treat because the bacteria are resistant to, to typical antibiotics. Um, in, uh, specifically in cystic fibrosis, MRSA causes chronic lung, lung infections, which are even more difficult to, to treat in these patients because of the pathology of their lungs. They have a sticky mucus, um, which is a hallmark of CF. And, um, um, and uh, uh, MRSA in, in these patients is, has in, increased pretty consider considerably over the past decade and is now at about 26%. Um, and uh, it's been shown that MRSA infection in CF um, causes a, 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 um, a reduction in life expectancy up to six years. It also, uh, MRSA patients have a, a faster rate of lung function decline. They also have increased rate of hospitalizations. Um, and so MRSA is now acknowledged as a problem and uh, there's no suitable solution. In CF patients, um, they get other chronic infections, typically with pseudomonas. In, in that case, they have inhaled antibiotics that are available, such as Toby and Kasten. These have been on the market for, for many years, um, treating pseudomonas. Um, and so that's, that's the, the, the basis behind us pursuing an inhaled antibiotic to treat MRSA, given that there's already um, inhaled antibiotics to treat pseudomonas. Um, so it's the first product being developed to address the, the need it's a proprietary inhaled dry powder formulation of vancomycin in a, a small pocket size inhaler 
Um, and, and like we mentioned earlier, you get high concentrations of the antibiotic directly to the lung, um, and it's expected to provide better efficacy than, um, than if you were to take vancomycin um, by IV. Um, now, the product has been granted often and fast-tracked by the FDA um, and also um, a qualified um, infectious disease uh, product. That's an additional five years on top of the orphan. Um, so that gives us 12 years of exclusivity. Um, and the, uh, the, the $5 million that you referred to earlier, um, on, on top of that, we've also received a prior award from the CS Foundation as well as a $4 million grant from the NIH for the, for the development of this program. Uh, and do we know yet how aerosol delivery compares to systemic delivery of, of vancomycin? So, so in uh, in CF patients, you 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 will typically deliver IV antibiotics when these patients exacerbate. So, um, when the the pathogen in the lung um, causes a full blown in, infection, um, they exacerbate. You go into hospital, you get IV. Now, now. Um, you, you typically want to prevent the exacerbations. What's been shown is that patients don't recover back to, or don't, don't, don't always recover back to their baseline FEV after an exacerbation. So you want to prevent the exacerbation. So you need to, um, uh, and, and this is exactly what happens with the inhaled anti-pseudomonas antibiotics. You need, um, with, with daily inhalation of the antibiotic, um, it's called chronic suppressive therapy. You suppress the pathogen and prevent the onset of the exacerbation um, and, and prevent them getting into the hospital. And it's not feasible to deliver IV vancomycin or linesolid, um on a regular basis just because of systemic toxicities. You want to go with, um, you know, with the inhaled route of delivery as has been shown in the anti-pseudomonas antibiotics. Now, what do we know about the treatment to date? Um, so, uh, so we're currently enrolling in a phase three in our phase two, we met our primary endpoint, um, and that was in a statistical, uh, statistically significant reduction in MERSA, in, MRSA, um, in sputum as compared to placebo. But we also showed encouraging trends in um, our secondaries, including um, clinically meaningful improvements in pulmonary function, respiratory symptoms, time to exacerbation, and the need for other antibiotics as compared to placebo. So. Um, uh, Nice results in our phase two study. Um, also, um, we haven't, I haven't mentioned that um, the, the more uh, um, research-oriented centers currently use the IV form of vancomycin off-label, nebulized, for, um, uh, for MRSA infection of CF patients. So on top of our own phase two results, we do have anecdotal safety and efficacy results um, from um, years of use of inhaled off-label IV vancomycin. Well, what's ahead in 2018 for the company? If all goes as expected, when might we see these drugs come to market? So it's been a really exciting year for us um, in 2017. And like I said in the beginning, we um, we very quickly acquired two public companies. We added um, those programs to our pipeline. We then launched the NTM indication expansion uh, we were able to successfully raise um, this year $100 million that will that'll, um, fund the development of both Mobredex and Aerovanc, uh, the two phase threes to completion, um, as well as fund the ongoing NTM study. And so great momentum in 2017, and we hope to keep that up going to 2018. So the key 2018 milestones include, um, first of all, 
um, the top line results of the Aeronite program. We haven't um, spoken about that much. It's, it's um, uh, currently in a uh, uh, 100-patient phase two study that's completed enrollment, so top line results of that early next year, um, followed by um, data from our NTM study throughout the year, and then results of the PAP um, study, the phase three study at the end of the year, and we also expect to complete enrollment um, sometime late um, in 18, early 19 for the, for the AeroVac study. Rob Neville, co-founder and CEO of Savara. Rob, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The BioReport, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.